So it's great to be here on this episode of the podcast with Dapo and Budi, Austin Striker. Good to see you, Dapo. Hi, uh, good, good to see you again. How are you? Very well, very well. I have to say that was a good spot a couple of months ago on the train coming into London, wasn't it? Oh, I, I couldn't believe it. I, <laughs> I, thought, I was like, is that you? But then I was like, I'm, I'll go and speak to you. But if it wasn't you, it would have been so awkward because I would have just been going up to a stranger and saying, oh, are you Donald? But, oh, nah. Brilliant. It was a cracker. It was great to see you on there. It was great to see you. So how are you finding life in Belgium? No, nah, it's been good um, so far. I'm just settling in. Obviously, it's a new chapter of my career and my life. So, at, um, at this age, it's quite it's quite good um, to experience a new city, a new culture, and stuff like that. So, I'm, yeah, right now I'm just settling in and trying to get up to speed. And once I get going, I'm sure I'll be good. But um, at the moment, I'm just settling in. Yeah. Yeah, agree. I I I think it's. Uh a great choice at that stage of your career to, to see a bit of the world and different cultures. I, I know we were speaking earlier about um, how quickly you can get back to London as well. It's just about two hours, is it? Two or three hours on the Eurostar. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Because, so the whole journey in itself, I'd probably say, is about two and a bit hours. Like From where I am now in Belgium, if we get the car to, um, to Lille in France, yeah. then we go on the Eurostar from there to London. But because it's the time difference, you can get on the train at 6 p.m. here, but you'll get back to London at like 6.15 p.m. <laughs> oh, because of the time change, so it's crazy. It's like an hour and a bit. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy how quickly you can get back. I know, it's brilliant. It really is a, a, a small world. I was trying to think before we came on the, the call, you know, I, I've known you a few years now and obviously at the Rangers Academy. What, what age did you go into the Rangers Academy? How old were you when you went in? Um, I was literally, so I was under 11s when I came here, so I would have been 10 years old. And um, yeah, I was there for a while, obviously. Yeah. I think we started doing work with you when I was coming in from day release, yeah. when I was maybe like 15, 16, yeah. until, until um, years later. But yeah, I was there from 10 years old. So tell me, how did you, how did you get involved with Rangers at 10? Were you scouted? Did you go on trials? How did that work? So basically, when I was when I was like this age, like ten, um, my family we moved to Scotland. I had family up there, and um, there was like you know the soccer schools that yeah, ranges. Yeah. So we done. I, me and my big brother went to one of the soccer schools, like just outside of Ibrox, and obviously my dad was there with us, and we we're just training with like just. Um, this wasn't Rangers Academy, so it was like Rangers like have a an Easter camp, for instance, yeah. or a summer camp where fans or anyone can just come and just train, whatever, whatever. So um, me and my big brother okay, went to it for, um, I think it was a week we went and um, done quite well there. And I think the coaches there said, like, we want you to go into the um, trial with the academy. So from there, they took me in uh, and my big brother and um, we both went in and... It just went from there, yeah. Brilliant. Was it football that you were always interested in when you were younger? Did you play other sports? Um, yeah, I done like okay, so I wanted to be a footballer like all yeah. my life, but when I was um in primary school and secondary school, I was quite good at a lot of sports in PE, so like 
obviously I knew it was what I always wanted to do. But I was quite quick. And um, I remember when I was, well, maybe going into to secondary school and um, I got an offer from, I don't know if you know it, Bella Houston School of Sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they offered me to co- come there to do athletics, like sprinting. And um, so... I, did that, okay. is that you can just flick it off. You can just flick uh, it off, don't worry. Sorry. Um, it's okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. Is that gonna is that gonna no, interrupt them? No, you're fine. Carry on. Okay, so uh, yeah, so um I had um uh option between the Belarusian School of Sport for sprinting or otherwise going to Hollywood secondary yeah. for um football obviously so that was obviously like uh do you, what would you want to do but at this point I always knew I wanted to do football so it's yeah. just I put that to the other side but yeah I had I, I was quite good at a lot of sports but football was always the one I wanted to do football so, was yeah. always there so who was uh, your your influences as coaches coming through the academy you're in the, that first few years from 10 to 14 15 who who influenced you um I have quite, I have quite a few to be fair. Like, yeah. um, I don't ever think getting to, into the professional game, and getting a chance in the game, you can't do it by yourself. There's obviously a lot of people that, when you look back and you really think, that they um had a big impact on you. I think, Jim McNee had a good impact on me because when I was under twelves, under elevens, under twelves, he, I feel like he believed in me. Yeah. And I think when I came into Rangers, like. I was I knew I was a good player all the time like at school and stuff like this. I was always good. And if it's weird, but if we had the same crop of my under 11 team mm. and we just went to the park, I think I would have been one of the best at the time. We had mm. we had a good team there. I think I would have been one of the best. But because they were in this system for so long before I'd came there, when I joined, I, I felt a bit like an outsider coming yeah. in. So I couldn't really like express myself. Mm. So um the first few months and stuff like that, I was I was doing well, but I was never one of maybe the standouts in my age group and stuff like that. And I think when Jim McNee took over with me, I think that's when I discovered like that, okay, cool, I can be one of the best in this age group and stuff like that. So every time I think without him, like what would have what would have been? Because that's where I think I really like found my confidence properly. And um I, like I thank him a lot for for what he done for me, and then obviously I had um, Brian McGoughlin at, um, at the SFA. I think he's probably the one, like, one of the biggest ones. Because okay, so when I went to from twelve to fourteen, fifteen, I knew I was good, but then we went for the trials for um, the School of Football at Hollywood, yeah. and I remember I went there and I didn't like I was I was really good at this time. And I didn't, I didn't perform that well at the trials. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? But then um, they accepted me. He took me in and stuff like that. And um, I remember thinking, like, oh, my days, like, I've ruined my chance because I was doing well at Rangers yeah, at the yeah. time, but I didn't think I was going to get in. And I think it was, like, 200 people and only 20 people got accepted. So got accepted. And Brian had me every single day in school. We we had, our, obviously, our group of 20. And he would always, like, literally believe in me like when I went to that school what age did you start secondary school in Scotland um I try to think now it'd be about 12 wouldn't it so about, about 12, 12 12 like 13 so yeah when I went when I was going into Hollywood 
I was a like I was a good player. Everyone in Scotland my age, like in from like yeah. Celtic, from Aberdeen, they all like knew who I was. But I didn't probably think I was one of the best in the country at my age. I just thought, yeah, I'm doing well. But when I came into Hollywood, um, we would obviously train once or twice a day at school. And um Brian would like tell me like you're like you're the best in Scotland, that you're the best you're like you would live, literally tell me you're the best striker in Scotland, you're this, you're that. And like, oh, give me all the confidence. And at, at the time, I, I don't know if I believed it, but I was like, if he's saying it, like he must see something. And yeah. I think like the confidence he put in me, he just believed in me so much, like from 12 to under 17. And then I left Hollywood when I was 15. And then he I ended up getting called up to Scotland and he got me my first Scotland call up. When I was under 16, yeah. and he had me at under 16 and under 17. And the times I played under him at Scotland was probably some of my best years in Scotland international youth because he just gave like the group that we had was just like really good. We had obviously me, yeah. Billy Gilmore, Nathan Patterson, Ethan Arah. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of good players. Um, you know, Josh McPake and stuff yeah. like this. And um Brian had us and obviously I knew Brian since I was 12 yeah. and like he just literally like I played every single game like and there was so many matches that like he would like speak to me before the game whether it be against Germany France whoever and he'd be like you, I believe in you I know what you can do and stuff like that and I think like all that all of my international games at that age group when I played with him like I had really good performances and yeah. stuff and I look back at him now and I'm like oh my days like I was playing like this against like these nations and stuff, yeah. but I think it's because of what he done for me. So um he did he did have a massive um impact on my career. And then obviously like I was saying to you like, when we spoke, I said you don't maybe realise at the time, but even like chats with like you every week at Rangers help you like remember what you're good at, keep like focusing on yourself and like what you your mindset and like you know what you're doing. So um I do think uh, that was good. So they're the two of my young, my younger age groups, I'd say. And then um, maybe when I was coming through, uh, obviously the gaffer at Rangers at the time, Stephen Gerrard gave me my my debut. Craig Mulholland was good, obviously, with me. I can't, I can't, I can't not mention Craig because um, Craig, Craig as well was a bit, a bit like Brian. Like me and Craig, I used to be in his office all the time, and he'd be speaking to me, like giving me confidence and stuff like this. So I think Craig um, like knew me like quite well. And uh, I have a lot of respect for him for the time he gave me, obviously my family when I was at Rangers and like before I made my debut and stuff like that, um, that See, season. Double, when you're talking about these, you know, the coaches, you know, you're, you're, Jimmy helped you, really helped, obviously helped you a lot when you come into Rangers, confidence in you, getting you established. And then Brian at Scotland. And I could see Brian, because he he loves to let players play, doesn't he? So you would be, yeah. Yeah, I could see him instilling that in you and, and, you know, and Craig at Rangers and all the people at Rangers. How important do you think it is, and I know how important your family is to you as well, is how important as a young footballer do you think it is to have good people around you that support you in that years, you know, that teenage years? Yeah, for, for me, that's that's the most important, like, it's the most important thing because, and 
obviously every single player in the world and every human is different and their their own needs and wants are different but me specifically because before I go on to your point like obviously there's a lot of coaches that from them age groups that they taught me a lot and stuff yeah. like this and I can't look past that as well because everything molded me into the person I am now and the player that I am but for me as a person like I don't really need much all I need all, all, all I ever want from a coach or someone around me is knowing that they have my best interests and yeah. I trust them. Once once it's like that, I feel like I'm the best version of myself because, say, for instance, with Craig or with Brian or Jim um, or, like, um, my, my parents and my family, I know what I can do as a football player. I know who I am as a person. But when I have the confidence in, in me by these people... They just let me be me and then mm. the rest will come out. So it's like, I do think it's, it's really important that these people around me have always like had my best interests at heart and stuff like that. And I can't obviously that like my family, that like my mum and dad and my brothers and sister, like they're obviously like the biggest thing in my life, like growing up and stuff like this, like my, my dad, like if it wasn't for my dad, I would like, I wouldn't be a footballer obviously because where where there's times where you're just a young boy hoping yeah. to be in football and stuff, you might not think it, but my dad would give me the most confidence all the time, saying, "You can do it. You're, yeah. you've got all the talent in the world. You you can do it, and like, and you will do it." Like, there will be times where you think that, um, oh, I didn't have a good game today, or just like a normal kid, you'll you'll be a bit down about the situation, or thinking, "Oh, am I really gonna do this, or am I gonna do that?" And my dad would always instill it in me, like, yeah, you can do it. And my, obviously my mum is just there for me on, like, an emotional level and stuff like this. So it's like, my, my family, obviously, I, I wouldn't be where I am without them. My brothers, obviously my younger brother was at Rangers and my older brother was playing football for a while, but obviously he stopped now. But, like, with his advice and stuff like this, like, these people around me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am right now without them. Brilliant. I remember, I think, when we spoke on the training going into London as well, I, I think you you matured a lot in a few years. And I remember one point, I can't remember, was it going up when you were going up to the 18s? David McCallum gave you the, you and Kyle, the, the joint captains. You yeah. really grasped that as well, though. That was good for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good because I always think like, I've always been respected by my teammates. Like I, when I was growing up, I was always like respected by my teammates. Like, and I was I was always playing, scoring goals, playing well and stuff like this. Yeah. Then with the older age groups, but when I was this age, I was still a bit like. Sometimes I just want to laugh, so it yeah. was like, I was a bit like I wouldn't say I was immature, but I was like, not fully like mature. But like when I came back that preseason, I kind of said to myself like. I, I do want to have the responsibility of being a captain and like mm. wearing an armband and stuff like that. And when I came back, we we started training and I'd like start trying to like lift the standard of training and like mm. demand things from people. But I was still maybe like, so on the pitch, I'd be like, oh, put my arm around the younger boys or like yeah. say to the boys like, come on, like, this can be better, this can be better. But then off the pitch, I was still like having a, a bit of banter and stuff. But I went until maybe... He actually said, you're going to be like the joint captain this season that I said to myself, like, OK, cool, let's try and actually like mature and stuff like this. Because 
even when you first came to Rangers, like I said this to you at the time, our group was like so like so many characters in that group. Yeah. And it was like I can just imagine now looking back how hard it would have been to like just coach us because like we were good players and stuff but like right. sometimes we could be a nightmare like off the pitch and stuff like that just like being immature and being young boys but I think when I started wanting to have that responsibility of being like a leader and stuff like that and a captain then I started to mature as a person and I wanted like I wanted people to look at me and follow what I was doing whether that be in my performances because at the start I think it was more my training levels and my performances that got me and then as time went on, I always wanted to like be, regardless if, I, if I'm captain or not, I always am quite attentive to like new players or people coming into the group, like if it's younger boys, because I always think like, I know how it feels to be like someone new in a group and like feel, so I always like, regardless of if I know you well or not, I always want to welcome people in the group. So I think, I think everything came together at that point when, I became like one of the one of the captains. So yeah. See, when you look back now, and you know you were a you, you were at Rangers for a lot of years through through that you know tens right the way through. When you look back on it now, what do you think helps a young player get the most out of that years and keep going? What's the difference between a player like yourself that kept going, kept on getting better year on year and maturing? to the guys that um, just wouldn't make it or stop or not perform to their, their um, what they could be. When you look back now, do you see things that helped you keep on going that other people didn't do? Or do you, is there a bit of lack in it? What would you say? Uh, from, from, my, from my instance, I would say, obviously, um, you have to be strong mentally as a person yeah, yeah. and you have to have the inner inner belief that you can be the one that's going to break mm. the like the oh it's only one percent or two whatever percentage yeah. you have to you have to believe that you can do it and yeah. also in my case my family were really big like really big I think obviously from the ages I would say 10 to 14 in Scotland I think you, you've just got to enjoy yourself like yeah. I was I was going to personally I was going to football at these ages and just playing and enjoying myself scoring goals I'd score like a hat trick and I wouldn't think anything of it yeah. but my dad my dad would be on me like if I didn't score he'd say like oh you need to score this you need you need you better here like my dad would be asking me and speaking to me about my games and analyzing my performance with me and I've always been quite a like a breathe football like if I go home I'll watch it. If I'm playing, I'll play on my Xbox, I'll play FIFA. If I'm not doing that, I'll like watch like YouTube videos of like old players and stuff like that. So every single time I've always been a kind of player that if I play a game like right now, yeah. I'll think about it for the rest of the day. Like yeah. literally I'll think like in my mind, even if I'm speaking with like my family or anything like that about a whole different topic, yeah. in my mind will be like a chance that I missed or like, yeah. or like a skill that or something I've done in a game. Yeah. It's just constantly replaying in my head. So like, I've always been quite like, attentive yeah. to my own game. I've always thought about my game. So like um, at these ages, I wasn't really like thinking too much of the professional game. But then I think when you start to get to, when I was maybe 15, 14, 15, I remember it's funny because like when I was 14 years old, I started to like train with under 18s, yeah. under 20s and stuff like that. And 
obviously that this is like a big ask because that history that records are meant to be broken obviously and i remember before i signed my professional contract and i was training with under 20s and at the start i was finding it difficult because i was like four or five years younger than them and it was quite hard but then towards the end i was starting to feel really comfortable when i was like 15 years old and i remember looking at like all that like Rangers records like of like youngest players youngest goal scorers and thinking in my head like I'm going to try my hardest like even if I don't break yeah. it I want I want to try and break something yeah. so I remember like looking at the youngest goal scorer and the youngest debutant the youngest debutant I think that was that was a bit hard like realistically for me to make I think because yeah. I'm like, 15 or something and at the time I was like maybe like seven months and I was like oh I don't <laughs> know if I can do seven months I was like I'll target the goal scorer right so, like after that, I was like training with the under twenties and like saying to myself, I need, I need to try and like break this. And even if I don't break, and even if yeah. I don't break, even if I don't break it, I'll be doing something right because I'll be close to it. So I remember when I made my debut when I was seventeen. So it's like for me, I think like I always, I always wanted to be that, like, be one of the best. Yeah. Like regard, like and if and if I can't, if I can't do that, it won't be. I'll never want to stop and look back and say to myself, I, I did something wrong. Yeah. If if I don't break a record or if I don't do something, that's not gonna be through any fault of me not wanting to do it. Like I'm all for that. If I make mistakes or I don't play well, that's natural. Some sometimes you don't, you're not always at your best. But for me, I always want to I always want to push myself to the level I know I can get to. Yeah. And how long it takes, it doesn't really matter to me because. I think you'll always reach your destination where your talent and your mentality takes you. So I think for me, along with my family always driving me, I think personally as well, like I've never wanted to, like this, the thought of like not fulfilling what yeah. I think I can do, that scares me because I'm, I'm like, I think I can do, I have my own dreams and plans yeah. in my career and I'll try and get as close to that as possible. I want to achieve everything I can, but the thought of like maybe not, not making it through the 17, 18 years old stage was like so scary to me. I think so. Yeah. I when we when we spoke earlier and when when I met you in that train, you said something to me which I thought was really kind of smart. You know, and you 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 spoke about when you when you were going up to train with the first team, and it wasn't just the manager giving you the the debut that was important. It was about what you noticed about how the guys carried themselves and how you wanted to be tell me a bit more about that and you spoke about how the manager carried himself how how did how did you take that how did you take that into how you were as a person how did it impact you um I think I think it was actually quite I took it in my stride because I think when sometimes for me when I was a lot younger Mm. you're just a bit like you're fearless you're not really Mm. thinking of anything because all my life I was always like I remember when I would like make my Scotland debut at 16 I'd yeah. score I'd play my under 18s match with the old age group I'd score yeah. I'd play with the old age again I'd score like mm. so like all my life I, I was progressing that like, quite smoothly so that was obviously the next stage so I remember when I went around there and obviously it's different obviously training with academy boys to first team at that age and I was just like it was just like men yeah that you go from training with like your friends, having a laugh, enjoying it, to men literally being so so serious about their jobs because it's it's their jobs. Yeah, 
um, it's like you go from being a 17 year old on Monday training, having a bit of a laugh sometimes, mm. but being serious still mm. to then the next day training. And it's just full concentration. Like as a, and as a 17 year old, you don't want to be standing out for the wrong reasons. You don't want to yeah. be the one making the mistakes and stuff like that. So your concentration goes from a hundred percent to literally 500% and you can't, you cannot think of anything else. So it's like, you're noticing every little detail. You're noticing how people prepare for training, what they do during training, after training. You're seeing how people speak to each other, just everything. You're literally just looking around and taking it in because as well, at that time, the boys will welcome you in the squad and look after you. But on your first day or two, you don't know them like you don't know them too well. So you're still like sometimes like on a drinks break, you're like taking a drink of your water and you're standing yourself and just obs observing yeah. everything. So you're like looking around and you're seeing like guys that for me, like, as I said, I was always, I loved football growing up. So you're, you're seeing guys that you never, ever thought you'd even be on the same pitch with and you're standing and you're thinking like, so this is what they do and this is what they've been doing their whole life and stuff like that. And it is a bit, it takes you back a bit, but then you also need to remember like how quickly you got there is how quickly you can yeah. lose it as well. Yeah. Like, if, like if you don't do well or, or if you don't show what you can do. So at the same time, I remember my first training session ever with the first team. I was 15 and I wasn't ready. Like I, like I wasn't ready. Like I trained maybe because like as a reward of doing well or whatever with the academy. But I was so young. And I remember when I was like hitting shots and stuff like this. And I was, I remember coming off training and saying to my brother, it's so hard to score into the goalkeepers because they look so big, mm. like, they're just like they take up the whole goal compared to like at academy and I felt like I just had less time to do stuff and like stuff like this uh, and I done I done okay for my first training session but I didn't stand out I would say I, I just done well and then I didn't train for maybe six or seven months because I was still quite young and then I remember training again when I was like maybe like 16 and a half or whatever and that's when I was like I I, I can like I can do well here because I went round and I remember when the gaffer came in, obviously I still call him the gaffer because mm. I, I would never call him by his name, but obviously um, Gerard obviously came in and um, he told me to train with the first team for the first time under him. And that first training session I'd done with him, I think I was 17 at the time. And genuinely when, when the gaffer came in that season, yeah. when I was training with the first team, I was like, I was shocking myself every single day. Like I was just impressing myself yeah. and every day I'd go home and I'd be like, oh my days, you just done that in training. Like that was so good. Like I was doing stuff in sessions and stuff and I was like, oh my, like I, if I keep improving at this rate, like what can happen? What can happen? And I think the main thing for me, because at this point I had confidence in myself, like, because mm. before, like I said, like when I was younger, maybe I didn't know how good I can be in, yeah. to myself or whatever. And I said Brian and Jim McNee gave me good confidence in myself but at this point now I knew like the only person I wanted to impress obviously I wanted to impress the staff and stuff but if I'm if I start impressing myself I know I'm doing something right because I know I can run past someone sometimes because I'm quick and I'm good at dribbling whatever but there's some things I do in training that when I impress myself I know yeah you're doing something right so at this point I was actually doing like a lot of things and I was coming off training thinking like I know you, I'm not doing it. That must be a great feeling to, to, to actually feel 
your levels going up all the time in quite a short period when you were in that first team, when you first went in, isn't it? That's That must be a great feeling. Yeah, and, and obviously that's why I said as well, um, the gaffer and his staff, McBill, Gary McAllister, yeah. TC, like, they all done really well with me because like I was really young at the time and it was like such a change. Like that that season at Rangers was probably one of my most enjoyable seasons for a lot of different reasons. Like I think that season I had a lot of like, at this point, I wanted to be the main man at my age group. I wanted to be the main man in the academy, whatever. And then I wanted to make my debut as quickly as possible and try and play for Rangers. And I think um, at this point, I was doing well. And um, there was a lot of things going on around, like, my future as well at the club, like, contracts and stuff like that. And I think I was just well enjoying myself. And I was coming to training and, like, the coaches would, like, take the pressure off of me and everything and stuff like that. And everything was, everything was just really good. And... I was just enjoying training every single day. And I was like, like I said, I was training with some players that I never thought I would even even meet in my life, like Jermaine Defoe, for instance, like, like growing up, like the kind of person I am, I always looked up to people like him. And then to train with him, I was just like, this is like, this is crazy. So um, no, it was really, it was really nice. It was, it was good. I, I was thinking that it must have been about that time or slightly before it did when you came in to see me one day and you had the cellophane round your forearm and I think you got your first tattoo. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would that would have been, um, when was that? That was uh, like in like, just after I made my debut. So I was yeah. about probably 2019 yeah. and it was um, at the end of the year. Like I just, I just got my first tattoo done. Like, but this is when I feel like I started to become like a young man because before, before yeah. this point I was like a young boy. But then, like, so much happened in such a short space of time that I just started to, like, grow up in my mind. And, like, obviously, I started to do things that I wanted to do, like, maybe yeah. when I was young. And I couldn't do because I was really young. Yeah. But I got my the first tattoo when I was 18. But I was, at this time, I was, like, really excited. Like, it was, like, a good time, yeah. I'll tell you the reason I'm, I'm mentioning that. that was like, can you remember? What, what, what is it? Tell me what your first tattoo was again. Um, it's a Bible verse. Yeah. Um, Joshua 1.9 is basically just saying... Like I can do everything through God and like, don't be scared. Like, don't be discouraged. Um, yeah. Like, cause God's with you, like basically in anything you're doing. And I think that applies to my life because I think yeah. everything you do, like you just got, I, I just got to believe in myself and God put me in, in a position for a reason. So I just got to see do one of the reasons I love that tattoo and, and hearing you speaking about it, because do you think that it's important to have, you know, a faith in something that's more than just football, you know, that you can rely on. Yeah, 100% because I think, like, sometimes you can get you can get caught up in what's going on. Yeah. And um, I think with, with faith and with um, religion, I think, yeah. especially, like, with me, whenever I feel, whenever I can go to church and whenever I can pray with my family and stuff like yeah. this, I feel like you just feel, like, grateful and humble and stuff like this and, because sometimes you can you can get ahead of yourself and stuff like yeah. this, but or you can take for granted your position that you have. But I think um, with with faith and religion, you everything put, gets put into perspective, and yeah. you um, really like feel at peace. Yeah. I think that's a, a just such a, a great, I suppose, attitude, because that's the word that came came to me. Because I think it's so easy as a player to lose perspective in things, especially if things aren't going quick enough for you 
or uh, if things aren't going as well, isn't it? It's like things you can be very brittle almost. But I think yeah. I think that's a great quality. Tell and me I a little it... bit then, Double, about what did it feel like? We'll come back before we go on to talk about kind of things after Rangers. What did it feel like to make your debut? What did it feel like when you made your? I feel like it was there was a lot of feelings like it was the best feeling in the world because playing for a club that size, the club I'd been at for 10 years, like it was crazy to, to say that you play the professional game, especially from my back, my background where I grew up and stuff like that. And the way my family is so close to say that, like, I say I played the professional game, but we done it as a family. And just to say like one of us have done it was just like, it was like, even thinking about it now, I, Sometimes, obviously, like now I've played professional games like more and more and more. Yeah. But like sometimes, like I said, you you don't sit back and actually like realize what you're doing, and like to do it at that age and everything like that just felt um, like all the sacrifice that my parents had put in and stuff like that. Like just it was really good. But at the same time, it did feel like prolonged a bit because I think I could have got it a bit earlier. Yeah, I was in, a, I was in a, quite a lot of squads. So like when I made my debut, I felt like I was really ready for it. So. Um, so it was like there was a lot of feelings, but it was just it was the it was the best thing in the world. Like especially like just being like a young boy, like and you never you never ever think you're gonna play a professional game. Like you just you just don't you like when you're 10, 10 or eleven years old, you don't think like I'm like you watch games and you don't think you can say I am going to be there one day, but like you you do know that it is very hard to achieve. So just to to do that, yeah, it was it was really good. I loved how you said, you know, about your family and we did it because, isn't it? It's no one can do it alone. You know, you might be out on the pitch, isn't it? It's almost so. No, no one can do this game alone. You need people, good people around you. Hundred percent. Because I, I, I say that because, like, when I'm when I do something, for instance, or when someone in my family does something, because we are so close as a family, we all feel it. Like, so it's the same as like my older brother when I made my debut because because he played for a while before me seeing me do it probably just made him feel so proud and obviously my parents and stuff like that and it's the same feeling I get when I watch my younger brother like yeah. when I watched him a couple of weeks ago uh, at City against Chelsea at, at 23s and he done well and I was just sitting back and I was watching him and I felt so proud like, I've never felt like it's just like when one of us do it like all of us are doing it so like yeah I do I do. He's getting on great down at City as well, isn't it? Like, yeah, he's, he's flying. I, I love watching him play because he's do, he's doing well, and obviously to do it in that environment as well is testament to him. So he's doing, you know, he's doing really good. Yeah, I, th- I think listening to you speaking up, it's a great testament to your whole family how close you are and how you support each other. It's uh, really a really kind of impressive. See. Just to finish with, almost is is how did you how did you find going to different clubs? You know, going down to to London and Watford. And I think was it Wimbledon? You were on loan yeah. with when I met you, and now you're out in Belgium. How do you find that move? How have you found moving around in different environments? Well, I, I think it comes back to like um, the point I said about how like driven I am in my career because I think at the time of leaving Rangers, I was. I didn't, I said I don't, I didn't want to leave because I'd been there for so long. Like yeah. I grew up there, all of my friends and family were in Scotland. Mm. My, my whole life was in Scotland. All I knew was Rangers. And obviously I could like, I could have stayed there, but 
there was like times in my career at Rangers where after I made my debut, I could have had more opportunities and I was like maybe sick or I was getting injured like the day before like I was meant to like be involved in a first team game and like things were happening that maybe like stagnated what yeah. what I thought could have happened or what the club thought could have happened. But nevertheless, they obviously still believed in me. Like they offered me a new contract before I left. But um, I thought that for my career sake and where I want to get to, I thought that was the time I had I had to leave. So when I eventually left, um, it was tough. Like it was very tough leaving leaving Rangers because I love the club. But um, I left because I thought it was the best thing for my career. So um, ever since then. I've never wanted to stand still in a position. Whereas after I made my debut for a season, I was really happy to um, train and be in a first team group and think my my chance will come. But since since I left the season, I left the Rangers. Since that, I've never wanted to wait for anything. Even if I think it's going to come, I kind of want to be out making sure I can do it because. I believe in my my talent and my ability. And I think I don't want to leave it to fate, leave it to saying, hopefully I get my opportunity because someone misses a game this week. And I'll get, like now every decision I make in my career won't be because I don't like the club or I don't, not, I don't love the club or that. It's that I want to make sure I'm doing everything in, in my, my, um, myself possible that when I retire at the end of my career, I can say, I I done this for X, Y, and Z reason. And I'm happy with this decision because if I don't do that and I sit back and leave it to fate, I might, I might look back and say, oh, um, I should have done this. I should have done that. So I don't want to have any regrets. And I want to, I want to just keep, keep learning and keep, keep growing because sometimes I think in my head, where can you take this to? Like, yeah. what level can you get to? And I, I, I want to make sure I get, because I probably, and every every human probably has a level of talent or a level of um, something inside them that they don't know they have. So I want to keep, I want to keep pushing my, myself until I can't, I can't handle it no more. I can't, I can't yeah. do it. So I'm like, until, until, um, until that point, I'll just keep pushing myself and, keep trying to do as best as I can because that's all I can do, really. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much for taking uh, the time to speak to me today, Double. It's been great catching up with you. And, and I hope any young footballers listening to the podcast will uh, will get a lot out of your journey and, and you know, what you did to, to keep on going and, and, you know, achieve what you've achieved so far. So thanks very much, Double, and uh, great to see Thank you again. Cheers, Donald. Thank you. Thank you.